Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. We are in a charitable season right now. And this is when most people, you know, the, the Christmas attitude, the Christmas mood, mm-hmm. and people want to share in that joy with other people that are less fortunate, right? And I, I think what's amazing to me is how charitable we are as Americans. I mean, yeah. we give percentage-wise, the people that contribute to some kind of giving is is in the far majority, not even close. I mean, so it, it gives you hope for people in the sense that people aren't just trying to, how, how much they can get for themselves, but, you know, it's just amazing yeah, to me. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful moment, I think, to yeah. remember our, our society we live right. in, like, uh, as much as we feel politically divided or you see traffic on the road, you, all that right. stuff, you know, it feels like everyone's out for themselves. Like to to look back and to say, we as a country, um, we give of our time to right. our neighbors, to our communities. We you know, volunteer. Yeah, the vol- volunteer work that people do. It's amazing yep. to me how many people really, really are concentrated. I mean, they really want to do productive things. They want to do the right thing to help their, help, uh, you know, the, the community around themselves. Yeah, and, and to give financially. I mean, give of their time, give of right. their money. Um, I'm not sure the statistics, I know we were talking about some earlier, but you know, I think with 60 or 75% of Americans are giving, they're yeah. actively giving every year um, to charitable, charitable organizations. And so one of the things we're going to talk about today a little bit is um, how do you give? How you do know? you give? Now you can give, obviously most people just write a check. Yep. They give cash. Mm-hmm. You know, I was walking out of the grocery store the other day and there was Salvation Army and I, oh, yeah, I put in the bell, put a little bit, the bin. I, I put a dollar in the, in the bucket. I yeah. feel like you know, that's, that's good thing. Yeah. But it's probably not the always, if you're going to be planned giving, it's probably not the best way to give, right? Yeah. So uh, kind of what you said, I think there's reactionary giving, you know, people right. in America, I think tend to be generous and, you know, there's this time there's food drives, there's toy drives. Um, there's all sorts of things going on that, that people give reactionary. I was asked. And so I gave, right. The next level in my mind of giving is when you're giving proactively, you make decisions, you sit down right. in February and you say, okay, this next year, I want to give right. either X amount of dollars or X amount of my income. And then you plan for that and you give on a regular basis. It's, um, you know, it could be churches, could be charitable organizations, could be international organizations, kind of the, the, the on-purpose planned out right. giving. And I, I think for our clients and for myself, I, I think that's a much better way to do it. Because you can sit in a moment and say, not just I feel guilted into it, but no, I want to give more than just what's in my pocket. I want to give something meaningful you know, based on what I'm going to earn this year and, and to make a plan. And for my life, the way we always do it is we give throughout the year. And then when it comes to the end of the year, we, you know, quote unquote, true up. Right. We say, these are the giving goals we had. This is what we really wanted to get to. And if we've passed those, great. And if we haven't, now's our moment to right. kind of true up and, and give the full amounts we wanted to. Um, and then so end of year giving for a lot of people is a big moment. And so what we want to talk about today is you can give cash, like you talked about, you can give appreciated stock. And, and that's, that's, that's something that most people are not fully aware of that. And we've yep. talked to clients about that. I said, you don't have to give cash. You've got a stock or a mutual fund or something that you've bought, even real estate, any kind of asset that you yep. want, and uh, you can give that. Now yep. you get 
your cost is what you paid for it. So maybe you bought a stock for $100 years ago. And now it's worth, you know, $300, $400 by the time you compound it and everything else. And you can give that and get the full write off on that. So your net cost of what you paid for it doesn't have the same impact as the appreciation of the asset that you're giving. Yeah. So you might have spent $100 years ago and now you can give the stock. And if it's worth $400, you get a $400 write off. So all that, if you had, if you'd sold the stock, you'd have to pay the capital gains on that growth. Whereas if you just give it, you get to skip out on all those capital gains and you get that current value of a write-off. It's a, it's a great way for folks who have, um, I don't want to say problematic stocks, but stocks they've held for a decade. Yeah. Stocks got, they've held for a long time. You've got a lot of capital gain in it. And if you sell it, you're going to end up paying a lot of taxes on yep. the gain. And this is a moment in time where you can take a look at it and say, do I need... And, and the nice thing about stocks is that you don't have to sell all of it. I mean, you don't have to give all of it away. Yeah. You could give, let's say if you had a thousand shares, you could give 200 shares away. Yep. Give a, and, a portion of it. Uh, um, again, the impact should be a heart issue, not just a financial issue. But financially, yeah, there's better ways to give than not. Yeah. And when someone decided, okay, I want to give $10,000 to this charity, that's what right. I want to do. You know, the next question is then how should I do that? You know, should I write a check out of my bank account? Right. I have this other stock. Should I keep the cash, but give the stock instead? Should I donate a vehicle? You know, kind of looking through each person's life. And the the main piece I, I think is, is is great to get to today is what's called a donor advised fund. Yeah, this is this is because you can assign a stock to a charity, let's say a church or some other organization. But uh, if you want to kind of control how that's going to be uh, given out, yep. a donor advised fund is a phenomenal instrument to be able to transfer the asset into that donor advised fund. And then they then can determine, first of all, you get a write-off for the entire contribution. Yep. In, that, so, in that moment, when you give that, it, you get the write-off. In that moment, you get the full write-off as though you gave cash. Mm-hmm. But you can control how you want to give that out. How, so, it, how it gets doled out to the charities. Yeah. That's right. And this, this is really, um, this is something that's happened reasonably, uh, reasonably recent. Mm-hmm. And um, before we always had to do either gifts or we had to set up a foundation or we had to do some more 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 complexity. These donor mm-hmm. advised funds are relatively simple. Yeah, no, they're great. You set them up and an uh, example might be someone says, okay, over the next 10 years, I want to give away $20,000. Right. Um, but okay. this year, my income is really high. And in future years, it won't be as high. I may not need the deductions as much. So what someone could do is they could set up a donor advised fund. And then this year, put in $20,000 into that fund. And so tax-wise, they get a $20,000 write-off, assuming you know that works for their taxes, um, of what they're giving. But they can take their big write-off at that moment. But then the donor advised fund decides, well, the person controlling the donor advised fund, which is the client, they decide when the money actually leaves the donor advised fund to go to the individual charities or right. universities or churches. And so it might be something that they dole out evenly over the next 10 years, You know, $2,000 a year for mm-hmm. 10 years. That might be how the money gets to the charity. But the, the individual is able to put that money in right at the beginning. It's great when people sell a business, when they have a higher income year, or they just want to separate the actual giving, you know, from yeah. their tax planning. Yeah. And I think, I think again, the donor advised funds can be using like stocks are the simplest thing. You just put stocks in and it's a publicly traded asset. So it's easy to deal with, but you can also utilize them for more complex assets. Like yeah. for example, real estate and or uh, closed business, you know, yeah. small yeah. business yeah. interests yeah. and things Close like out. that. It, it's a more complex transaction and you don't want to wait till the last last couple of weeks of the year to get that done. But it, it is something that can be done within yeah. these funds. That's a hugely practical comment. If, if, I, if someone had 
um, some sort of complex real estate or closely held business right. and wanted to give some of that to say their their local university. They want to make a donation. Right. Most local universities don't aren't set up to receive that in right. a way that makes sense. But a donor advised fund can receive that and hold that. And so you get the right off there. And then years in the future, if there's a liquid liquidation event, you can then have that funds available and then give it to the yeah, and, I, and I think you know going back to it, we I, we've had several clients who have sold properties or received uh, an inheritance and they want to be charitable with it, but it's a pretty significant number yeah. that they're receiving. And so the comment is, I don't know where I'm going to give this. And I said, well, the nice thing about a donor advice fund is you receive the write off, mm-hmm. but you're not required to do the giving until later. In yeah. fact, under the current rules right now. You're not even required to take income out of this thing. You're not. T- you're not required to take any yeah. kind of distribution out right. of this thing, right? Yeah, that's a good comment. There's been legislation attempted to say maybe you have to, you know, empty your donor advised fund within 15 years, right? Or maybe you know, there, there's been different thoughts on what to do. But currently, under current law, there's no timeline on this. Right. You put the money in, and it can sit untouched for decades if you if that's what you want it to do. And often, if someone were to pass away, their children could be then become the correct the, the new advisors to that fund. So you kind of pass on a, a charitable, charitable legacy to your right. kids. And this, I mean, for a lot of folks, this really only comes up if you're itemizing. That's a good comment to kind of make. You know, if you give charitably and you're going to take the standard deduction, it, it's a good charitable thing to do. Right. You don't get much of a bang for your buck. Um, if you are going to be itemizing, then a charitable deduction comes in. Right. And this is a moment where getting a donor advice fund could be could be helpful. And so you might want to flesh that out for our, for our audience, because if you're itemizing, you have to have enough deductions above your standard deduction for it to count, right? Yeah. For it to so be so that, that's what we talk bundling. Mm-hmm. So you might want to advance your giving. So you put it all in, maybe it's like five years worth of giving. If you sold a piece of property, you put it all within mm-hmm. a single year. And bundling gives you a tremendous tax advantage for that year that you receive that one-time asset yep. gift, so to speak, or that one that that one-time asset sale. Yeah, that's right? a good, that's a great example. So, in sold to real estate, they have an extra, we'll just say, two hundred thousand dollars of income that's sitting there, and they have the cash, and they want to have some more write-offs. You know, right. so they might in that year, you know, put a larger amount into a donor advice fund, get the write-off, do some good tax planning, right. but then over the next ten years. They give little bits to the charities out of that donor advised fund. Yeah. The other thing I found is that people say, well, I don't want to give all that money to one particular charity. Mm-hmm. I like to spread it out, but they're indecisive. They haven't really researched it as to what organizations that they want to yeah. give to. And the thing we want to make sure there's a comment here is that you want to make sure you give to somebody who's a qualified charity, somebody yes. who has a 5013C designation. Because if you give to somebody just, I had, a, I had a client one time who just wanted to give to people. He says, can I just write that off? And I said, no, because I mm. said, they're not they're not a recognized charity. He said, well, they have need. I said, that may be true, yeah. but the government doesn't see them as a separate tax entity. Yeah, and that's right? a great comment. You as an individual can give a gift to whomever right. you feel um, you would like to. But if you put money in a donor advice fund, the donor advice fund is the one who you give instruction to, but right. they, when they give it, they have to make, they vet a little bit to make sure it's a right. 501c3, a, a charity, a school, you know, things like that. And there's lists for that. I mean, we've helped clients yeah. identify, they say they want to give to this organization. I said, well, let's do some background check to make sure that they are in fact a 5013c charity. Yeah. Because you don't want to give to somebody, then you find out later, they're really not, they're not, right. they can't take it and give you a write-off. Right, what you need. Um, the other thing that's interesting here, we talked about the capital gains, is that when you, you donate stock, you can avoid some of the capital gains and get into a donor advice fund. The other one is capital losses. And we've talked about this a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Is you don't want to gift over stock that has losses. But if people are charitable, they can sell the stock, acknowledge the losses, and then give those funds over. So it's a tax planning thing on both sides. Both so sides, that, yep. So you get the loss on the side that will offset gain of your other other assets in your portfolio. 
But then you take that asset and bring it over and you get a write-off again. You get additional mm-hmm. write-off to the charity you just gave to. Yep. Or to the donor advice fund, however you want to yeah, do it. Yeah, however you've given it. So a lot of people think of donor advice funds and giving when they have appreciated stock. But even when you have um, capital loss stock, depreciated stock, there, there's, there's a thought there of yeah. what you might want to do, kind of get the most bang for your buck. The other thing that's just interesting is, is every once in a while we have a client that comes up with no tax basis. They have a stock and for some reason they don't know their tax basis and right. it can't be discovered. They've inherited it. They, they inherited it and it was you know years and years ago. And even then in the inherited, maybe they could figure out the, the, the basis. There's sometimes where it's just right. hard to know. Yeah. Well, one option is if they sell it, they're going to have to deal with trying to figure that out for the capital gains for the IRS. If you gift it, in essence, nobody cares what tax basis exactly because it becomes a value at the date of the gift. So, yeah, so whatever you care about it the is, fair market value. Right. That's what you get. Exactly. And so whatever the tax basis was, kind of becomes irrelevant. So there's some people who have problematic stock; they're not sure what the basis is for them. Donating that stock can become a, an easy solution if that's what they want to do. Otherwise, um, we can take a quick break. There's a few other items we want to talk about for donor advice funds, but let's take a quick break and we'll come back right after this. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. We're going to continue our discussion on charitable giving and ways and methods that you can get a better benefit uh, for that. And we've talked about donor advice funds, but we're going to kind of cross over into uh, some other instruments, aren't yeah. we? Some other ways to do this. Yeah. So the next one to talk about is a qualified charitable distribution. Okay. So, now, what what does that mean? that, right? So if, if someone's taking distributions from a retirement account, so a 401k, an so it's, IRA. It's the, for those of you that are aware, that's a required minimum distribution. And you're acutely aware if you are 70 and a half or over that age. Well, actually, the required minimum distribution, this is where it's really confusing. Mm-hmm. RMDs are mm-hmm. set at 72, but to give current. to a qualified charitable deduction, you have to be 70 and a half. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the government. The, the ages have no longer lined up. They yeah. used to line up. They don't any yeah. longer. So if you're having to take money out of your retirement accounts um, every year, required uh, minimum distribution, if you're age 72 or older under current rules, um, that amount adds to your income and you get taxed on it. And so one option that people have is they can do a, a qualified charitable distribution. So instead of the money coming out of your retirement to you, mm-hmm. that money can come out of your retirement and go directly to a charity mm-hmm. in which, you know, some people say, well, I need the money. And that, that's one thing you might need the money. Right. If you are able to give charitably and you intend to, there's a, a couple of really interesting benefits here. The, the first one is uh, the tax wise, you know, what would have been income to you and increase mm-hmm. your taxes it skips past you and it goes to someone else. But here, this is unique because it's a double whammy. If you were itemizing your deductions right. and you receive the income and then you to give it charitably, you kind of take the itemized deduction. However, if you are not itemizing your deductions, you're taking the standard deduction on your taxes, but you do a qualified charitable distribution, 
it acts as if you get both. You get the standard deduction fully, plus you get to reduce your taxable income so that, by redirecting it. So you have to kind of back into this number, but for some clients, what it does is it reduces what they pay in Medicare premiums. And that's yeah. a big benefit. So Medicare premiums, for those of you that are over 65 and receiving Medicare, you get charged for that Medicare mm-hmm. cost. And I think your base cost is around $170. But it, if your income is above a certain levels, it can go all the way up to four hundred and fifty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's uh, prorated. So you kind of you got to go through these 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 gates, I call them. But for people who are just starting their required minimum distributions, they could be caught unaware and all of a yeah. sudden be thrown up into a higher cost for Medicare. Yeah. And so a QCD, if you're charitable by nature anyway, putting uh, all or some of your required minimum distributions mm-hmm. to a you know to a charity could help to reduce your overall taxable income yep. and bring your Medicare premiums down uh, to that lower level. Yep. yep, that's right. And basically by redirecting this income, it doesn't fall into your taxes. So your, right. your taxable income just shrinks. And that for a lot of people can bump them into a lower Medicare bracket as well as your Social Security of whether or not that's taxable. Yeah, remember your Social Security is taxed at 85% of the income that you receive. But if your income is below a certain level, there's no tax on Social Security. Yeah. So people you know? who are receiving Social Security plus notable income right. might have some tax issues. And so for a QCD to be able to take a qualified charitable distribution and bring down your other income, for some folks, it puts them around the threshold of having a benefit for Medicare, benefit for Social Security and a benefit for being able to itemize their own deduction, or sorry, take the standard de- deduction, plus get a charitable um, offset. So it it can be a great position yeah, I, for somebody. Yeah, and I think, you're, I mean, again, you're listening to us right now, and you're probably trying to keep track of all the benefits. <laughs> That's right. But there, there's a lot of complexity here, yeah. and you've got to do this to get that. And so this is where the planning comes in, where we actually work through that, and we determine... And we can, uh, from a planning, now when it get really complex, we're going to bring the CPA involved into the yeah, process. But it's very tax driven. Right. And, th- and this is kind of going back to the beginning of the show. This is the difference between reactionary giving. Right. Hey, I, I, I got a request. I want to just give them some cash to really planning out and saying, I want to be generous this year. I want to give a notable amount. This is the amount I want to give. What's the best way to do that for your situation? And kind of to go through to say, okay, right. what what is going to not just get the money to the charity, but what is going to you know either use up some of your capital gains, what's going to reduce your income, what's going to reduce your taxes, mm-hmm. and making sure that you're maximizing. And for some folks, it changes the analysis. Say, well, I was going to give you know $5,000 out of my bank account, but now that we've done all this math, I can give $8,000 because I'm going to have all these other savings. I mean, right. that, it, it could be more charitable, or it can just be less significant as you give. And um, it, 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 it's great that there's a lot of opportunity here, but it, like you said, it's not easy. There's There's ages. There's amounts. There's even we haven't talked about, but there's thresholds of how much you can write off depending on what you give. Yeah, why don't you kind of flesh that out a little bit? Because a lot of people say, "Well, if I put a dollar, I get a dollar write off." Right. Well, that's not really. It's true. not always true, depending. And, right. And it only. So the general framework is it all is based on the income you have that year. And so if you give cash, that's the the biggest write off you can get. So I think it's at sixty percent. Right. And of, most, adjust, of what adjusted gross income? Yeah, of your adjusted gross income. So if you made a hundred thousand dollars in a year, that was your adjusted gross income. You generally can give $60,000 and get the write-offs for that. Yeah, Most people aren't giving you know 60% of their income in cash, right, but right. some do, especially in years where uh, you have high income or something like that, and you want to give a big amount. Well, if, if you have very limited income and you say, well, I want to give all this appreciated stock that I've been sitting on for years. Well, you may look at that and say, you know, stock, I think it's uh, 40 or 30% of, of your 30%, income, 30% yeah. of what you can give. So if you made that same $100,000, now maybe you're limited at giving $30,000 of appreciated stock and getting that full write-off in that year. The benefit being, if, if you were to give more, 
you can just roll it over to the next year. You can right. take those charitable. Yeah, the deductions don't go away. Uh, they continue to stay on the books and you just carry them over. That's why some people, when you maybe if you're listening to us, you'll have a $3,000 write-off. It carries over from a, an investment that you had that you had a loss, but you don't have any gains to offset it. So you get a $3,000 loss that you carry forward. Yeah. And I've had clients where it comes in and this $3,000 shows up on previous tax returns. Yeah. It's year over year over year. Year over year over year. Right. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the only amount that you can offset from your regular income. So, so same thing applies here. Um, the, in the same types of limits, they're, they're a little bit different for donor advised funds, but they're very mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always have to you know check the math and check the numbers, what can right. we want to give. Um, the other thing, just to put a little a comment on here as we're kind of getting through all these items, a donor advised fund, which we spoke a lot in the first ep- uh, first section here, um, one of the nice things is privacy. Right. There's some people who like to give and everyone knows you gave. Right. There's other groups who, you know, if you tell them who you are, you might get asked, in, asked again next year. You might feel you just want to be anonymous and just bless somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an ability to set donor advice fund that aren't just your name. Right. It can be the, the the Brown Table Fund. And the Brown Table Fund is the one that then gives. And it can. there's ways to kind of keep these more anonymous. Yeah. And people are using what used to be foundations, but also now donor advice fund to be able to fund charities that they care about without having their name emblazoned in lights that they gave to the charity. Yeah. A lot of people want to give anonymously anyway. They don't want to have, so to speak, an earthly reward for the gift that they give. The altruism that they're working for. Yeah. So that really, I mean, that's something that now other people, they want to be noted. Yeah. (laughs) They want their name on a wall. And and a lot of places offer that as a benefit to say, you helped build this youth center or you helped be a part of this and put the names on the wall. There's nothing, I think, innately wrong with that. I think there's just some folks would rather not have their name there. And a donor advice fund is a method that people will suddenly set up to kind of insulate themselves a little bit. So they give to the donor advice fund, they name the donor advice fund something innocuous. And then the donor advice fund is the one that then gives to whatever charities they feel are appropriate. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a, it's a nice piece. So we've talked about donor advised funds. We've talked about uh, qualified charitable uh, distributions. One, I guess, last piece is how do you do this? Right. You know, we, we manage a number of these. We set these up for our clients. We manage the investments in them. Uh, Fidelity has a great, uh, for us, just as a comment, ours is the company we use is about $25,000 as a minimum, minimum to kind right. of set these up. Um, Fidelity has one without minimums. You can go and go on Fidelity as a, just a retail website. And you know, go through their their system and find the you want to set up a donor advised fund, and they have a zero uh, minimum that you can start putting money in there, which and, makes it really convenient for small investors. Yeah, right. and if you have this set up, and that that's talking about end of year tax planning, right? If you have one of these set up, you say, "Yep, uh, three hundred more dollars, put it in," and you zip it over, um, and then you decide to give it in the next calendar year at some right. point. Right. Um, so again, I think I think giving, we, we always encourage people to give. I mean, at the end of the day. We think that what you have, and if you have more than what you need, it's a blessing. So therefore, we encourage people to give. And the question is, what we're talking about in this segment here today, in this particular uh, program today, is how do you give? And there's different ways in which you can accomplish the overall goals. And there's being smart about giving. If you just write a check for it, or if you sell something and give the assets, that may not be the smartest thing for you to do and give you the best benefits. And there's other um, aspects of benefit. Like, for example, we talked about reducing Medicare premiums and things like that. We want to kind of balance that out. So if, if you're in that bracket, we'd like to uh, help you through that process. If you missed any part of this episode, uh, you can catch it on YouTube. Go to Retirement Unlimited and find us there. Or you can go to our website, which is retirementunlimited.com. Um, and you can find all of our past episodes there. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can use the contact button on our website. Or you can give us a call. It's 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. 
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.